0: Good morning, and welcome to Legal Defense with Kirk and John. I'm Kirk O'Bear. I'm John Bernzal. Nice yes, you like, are, buddy. I
1: like that um, uh, radio voice you use Yes. will call him, Listen, the, to. You know, the sounds, radio voice. sounds like, uh, you know, either you should be calling a ball game in the 1940s yes. or, or introducing a guest on, like, you know, a 1950s television show. Yes. I don't know. And since you mentioned... I'm trying to give you some career options. I, I see, in case things don't work out with the case, whole... the whole law thing... That, that just goes you know, down the tubes. Because I know you were on the fence about
0: it. Yeah, right. My my blood bleeds whatever color uh, you know. Criminal defense lawyers have I don't know, but yeah. Speaking of which, uh, Woolite, uh, cleans your clothes. <laughs> <not>. <laughs> just kidding. Hey, uh, I was gonna. I was mentioning you know before we started here, just when we were doing our little chit chat prep here, uh, we did a show a little while ago where we talked about common issues that come up, common questions that clients ask, things that we tend to repeat themselves. Over the years, and, and we got a lot of good feedback on that show. I think a lot of people. That's one reason they tune in is to
1: kind of see. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that people have misconceptions about. Right in the criminal justice system, because all they do is watch all these shows, you mm-hmm. know. And everybody knows about the Miranda rights, but you know, in a sense, now it's it's almost a meaningless thing, <laughs> because nobody really understands what it means. And, true. Um, true. True. Like for example, I've been rewatching Breaking Bad okay and one of the scenes I just honestly I laughed out loud and it's a pretty serious show but this this was hilarious to me where uh, one of the drug dealers was sitting on a bench and he was working for Jesse and Walt and all that and uh, uh, and and this guy who looks like he might be a drug addict approaches him and they they're going back he's like hey man can I you, you you party, or can I buy? You know, whatever. He goes, "Ah, you know, because he didn't know him." So he's, he's, like, "How do I know you're not a cop?" He goes, "I'm not a cop." He's like, "Okay, go punch that guy." He goes, "I can't go punch that guy; he'll kill me." And he goes, "Who's oh, like, Look, you ask me if I'm a cop, and it, a cop cannot say that if, if they're really a cop, they have to tell you. It's in the <laughs> Constitution." <laughs> he said, "It's in the Constitution." Ooh, yeah, really. And so of course he says, "Well, you're a cop." He goes, "No," he goes. So he sells it, and they bust him. And he uh, goes, you lied to me. <laughs> well, that actually was relatively accurate, that part of it.
0: But I hear that all the time. I've, I've had that question asked probably a 100 times over the years. Um, hey, Kirk, is it true that you know a cop has to tell you the truth that they are a cop if you ask him? And I'd say, no, absolutely not. I mean, it's the law is um, replete with examples of the police in particular, and it's an exception to the rules of ethics that apply to prosecutors that they can instruct police to lie, right? Yeah. Uh, and and people find this uh, fascinating, and when we navigate these types of issues in court, there's always a, an odd balance that's struck here because the, the rules of ethics specifically permit Prosecutors, in particular, not defense lawyers, but just prosecutors, to tell and advise people working on their behalf that they can and should lie under certain circumstances. So
1: this is a pet peeve of mine, <laughs> um, for two reasons. One, it's ridiculous that it's, it's that, and it's Supreme Court approved that they, you know, that people, uh, excuse me, the cops can talk, can lie to suspects. You know, do undercover stuff and lie there, you know, and all of that. But the defense cannot, mm-hmm. and that has. So it's bugged me that that we have this, you know, system of lies in place and uh, and judicially approved, and um, and it bothers me that the people who are the accused who are supposed to be, you know, having all of these rights and the constitution better rights, um, more rights, yeah, <laughs> uh, get. Um, you know, have no ability. For example, you know, if we want to do, we, you, uh, from a defense perspective, if we wanted to do an investigation, mm-hmm. you know, because the police investigation is the police investigation. Right. And, um, and you and I both know there's always holes that you can drive a truck through in there. There's people they didn't talk to mm-hmm. every single time. Yep. There's people that they did talk to that didn't tell the whole story. Mm-hmm. So we send our investigators out. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> I want, I would like the ability to have our investigators use some, you know, undercover work themselves. Right. Yeah, and that's really what we're talking about, just to be very clear,
0: we're talking about in the context of an undercover operation because, and John's absolutely right. Um, this happens, it's probably happening right now as we speak, as you are listening, there is probably a meeting, there's definitely a meeting somewhere in a DA's office where they have the police and they're putting together an operation and the whole The whole point of it is that it's a ruse or it's a a falsehood. You know, that's basically the, the whole point of an undercover investigation. Going back to John's comment about Breaking Bad, of course, police can do and can and always lie about whether they're actually a cop or not. That's what it means to be undercover. And the problem is, when we send out an investigator to do our investigation, they have to say, hi. I'm investigator so and so. I'm working for the defense Great. on this case, um, and they cannot say anything that would mislead the person into thinking there's someone else, even though it's
1: also. And they can also not go online and create a false account. That's true. And friend somebody <laughs> and pretend, you know, like uh, what's that term, catfish? Catfish. Um, yeah. You know, they can't do that, which and is crazy because
0: the cops do that all, all the, the time. time. All the time.
1: That's like half their work.
0: Yeah, I mean, when there's nothing going on, they just, you know, that they sit around the office and make up fake Facebook accounts, you know, <laughs> stuff like that, or you know, the classic online thing where they start chatting up somebody and getting to say a bunch of yeah, sexy stuff about yeah. kids or whatever. Oh, by the way, I'm fourteen. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah.
1: understand.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> that does seem very odd because we we are tasked with. Um, Protecting someone's rights and and their innocence, and and specifically, excuse me, a little bit of leftover COVID floating around the room. Sorry Sorry about that. Um, I'm so right through my mask. You know, right at you. Anyway, the um, the notion that uh, you know we are somewhat limited in the quote unquote creativity that we can employ in our investigations is it's something when you're sitting in front of the judge and the prosecutors like well judge we've done our investigation a long time ago we turned it all over to the defense and they they should have everything they need you know there are times and lawyers have been found many many times to have been ineffective because they didn't do their own investigation I mean I can't tell you you know John how many cases come up when when the defense lawyer at a Machner hearing you know a year or two down the road says well I didn't see any need to look into the witnesses that my client told me to talk to because I already had the interviews of other people that said my client was guilty from the police, you know, <laughs> and uh, usually in that voice. Too, I, was gonna, you know? I was just about <laughs> to ask that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the mocker <laughs> hearing voice that, uh, you know, most people employ. But, you know, a lawyer can get in trouble, and rightfully so, for failing to look into something. And uh, shockingly you know the, we're, we're not on a level playing field it's one of those areas that and it really drives me crazy I don't want to vent too much because my I need to keep my blood pressure under right. control here right. but but when you have these prosecutors come into court and they say judge this isn't fair you know the pros- the, the defense has the protection of the burden of proof and he can remain silent you know, it's not fair. Yeah. we got to yeah. do all this, this whole, other stuff. This whole
1: fairness thing is a trope <laughs> that uh, that is ridiculous in the sense that it wasn't designed to be fair. Mm. It's not supposed to be fair. The, the state's supposed to ha- be supposed having to be an uphill climb every single case. Yeah, absolutely. Every time. And, and so I, this whole thing where we have to have a level playing field is a bunch of nonsense. Well, and we've said
0: this many times on the show, but it bears repeating that You know, the criminal justice system isn't and never has been designed to ferret out all crime that ever occurred, you know, regardless of how the investigation went or how things were discovered. But, you know, prosecutors in particular and many judges, as a matter of fact, have this kind of an overarching uh, desire to make sure that, you know, regardless of difficulties in the law regardless of. You know sidestepping important constitutional issues the ultimate goal is to make the bad guy go to prison you know and <laughs> that's just not how trials are supposed to work we have to accept the fact that not everything we don't live in that world it, it should be, we should all be perfectly comfortable all of us not just the defense lawyers but every citizen in this country should be perfectly comfortable with the fact that someone may very well have murdered somebody else but if the prosecution cannot prove it beyond a reasonable doubt, or if there was something that happened that shouldn't have happened in the process of gathering that evidence, we should all rest comfortably that that person does not get convicted and doesn't spend life in prison or get the death penalty. That's that's how it works. Yeah, it, it has it's, to. It,
1: yeah. it, it's the whole idea here is that we're trying to the the, the the whole thing was set up to create a buffer between us citizens and, and the, the government. government. The government. And um, yeah, well, we'll pick this up when we come back. But there's a lot more to unwind here. Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back. We are back, unwinding, unwinding all the truths of the criminal justice system <laughs> right here for you all at once, conveniently. <laughs> when when you leave this program this hour, you will have all the answers and you won't that even are have, ever to be had.
0: Don't bother going to law school. Just <laughs> just listen to this show. You'll know everything. <clears throat>
1: You know, that's you know, on that point, that's kind of funny because people think you go to law school and, you know, you learn everything there is to know <laughs> about everything, and that you know, so all your family friends and stuff are going to come to you and say, "Can you tell me about this?" And you know, it's a real estate deal. It's like I don't know anything about. Yeah, I you mean, you don't know. I thought you were <laughs> didn't you a go to law school. I thought you were a we're lawyer. you are supposed to know all
0: this stuff. Oh, I well, get one that. One of the
1: reasons. One of the reasons <laughs> it's 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 kind of funny to. Um, address that is because the law is always written in very kind of vague ways. Because you think it's very rigid and it's very clear, but it's rigid and clear in the sense we have statutes and statute numbers and they relate back to each other. But inside of those statutes are things like reasonableness or awareness or um, intention. Mm-hmm. And well what is what does all that mean? <laughs> well, I could line up a hundred people you know have have on the street, answers. and all have hundred different answers what those mean and so that's that's the that's the real challenge well, of yeah. uh, understanding the law
0: It is and you know I think everybody everybody that deals with the law on a regular basis uh, recognizes that that is one of the challenges in terms of how you practice law and, and it kind of leads me to another point which is. It doesn't happen to me anymore because all my family and friends know already that I don't know anything about how to write a will or anything like that. <laughs> so they stopped asking me a long time ago. But in the beginning, like, hey, you just graduated from law school. It's like my cousin Vinny, like, hey, I've yeah. got a cousin that, that uh, you know, yeah. he he just graduated from law school like six weeks ago, you know. So he m- must be able to do a murder trial, right? right, right, right. Uh, so, yeah, the questions like, you know, somehow you've got this outstanding legal knowledge. I'll tell you what I learned in law school is how – how to think just a little bit differently. Yes, that's definitely. it. That's really it, you know. Yeah. And how to, what it what it means. To the read. flow
1: of um, the concepts. Yeah. That go into this, that, or the other area of law. You
0: and know? and and the real stuff that you learn. You don't begin becoming a lawyer until you start actually doing things with real cases, real facts what scenarios, they call it real practicing. people. Practicing. That's right. It's the same and, thing with medicine. Right. You're constantly practicing even till the day you stop working you were practicing the day before um but you know john you know this years ago uh, the way it used to be before the law school industry uh, you know kind of took over how qualifications to practice work i mean the standard way of getting a law license like honest abe did you know you work with uh as an apprentice with somebody
1: you know that california that, still does that
0: yeah, they have a. a you I can, think
1: um, what's her name? Uh, uh, Greta Van no, I don't know. No, I'm, uh, the, I'm the, trying to think the of a famous um, uh, woman who likes to get people uh, pardons from Trump.
0: Oh yeah, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. old uh, somebody, or I don't no, know. No, no, <laughs> no, the Kardashians. Oh, that yeah, okay.
1: Kim Kardashian. Okay. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, that's right. She wants to be, I remember now. Yeah, she wants to be a lawyer and she's going to do it under this practice rule thing, right? Right. Okay. Well, you can do that in California. You can do that in California. Well, California is odd in the sense that it's odd in a lot of ways. It's (laughs) odd in a lot of ways, but, uh, you know, I don't know when they put this rule into effect, but it was probably, I think, in the late 60s, early 70s. But every other state, at least this was true when I went to law school, every state granted reciprocity to every other state if you had practiced for, usually it's five years in another state. California? No way. That you If you want to move to California.
1: That's because everybody was moving to California, like retirees right. were moving. They were, they were putting and, an additional and barrier. As time went on, other states did the same thing that were warm other clients, like um, Florida in particular, oh, okay. where, you know, it's very difficult. <laughs> and a lot of the federal districts, too, because uh, ideally, once you're admitted in one federal district, you should be able to uh, tra- practice in every other federal district, yeah. get admitted at least. Mm-hmm. and um, uh, But that's not true. Not even a sponsor, usually, right? Well, now there's a couple states, a couple districts, where you have to be a member of that state's bar, it's like in New York, California. Ooh, I didn't know that. The Central District of California, it's is Los Angeles. The Southern District of New York, which is New York, and then um, down in Miami too, I believe. Really? Yeah. I guess
0: I've never come across that because every district that I practice in is, you know, in the Seventh Circuit. I've never gone outside the Seventh Circuit. Yeah. So.
1: But anyway, the the to circle back to you know how the law is written and understood, um, people, I, I don't think appreciate enough how the wiggle room that's in the law. And um, why that matters? Because the reason it matters is is that people take the words reasonableness, intent, awareness, you know, whatever the the, the crux of the crime is, and they look at it through the lens of their own worldview. Right, and. And that's why it matters, is because if you are a super conservative person, you're going to see things one way. If you're a super liberal person, you're going to see things another way, you know, about what reasonableness means, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of times, that's what it comes down to, Right. you know. Or even things like, beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. Well, reasonable's <laughs> in there, too. Well, what's a doubt, too? What is and, beyond? And what is beyond? <laughs> you're not using and numbers so, or math or so anything. Literally, yeah. we're not joking here. There's no actual, like, the Seventh Circuit, which is... Um, uh, the, the federal circuit that we live in in Wisconsin, uh, is it's just Wisconsin, Illinois, and Indiana, but, um, in those federal courts, there is no definition of reasonable doubt allowed right? because the, the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals has determined it's too confusing to even try to define And
0: if you try to define it, you actually confuse people more.
1: Yeah. And so we aren't even allowed to, if we did a trial in federal court, to explain to the jury what we think it means.
0: Right, right. Which is very frustrating. You can do some common sense well, type stuff around yeah. the edges. But, you know, and I don't know if that's better or worse in in the long run because we have problems with our our own state, which is, you know, uh, reasonable doubt instruction that, oh, this always ends up being the theme of this show, but <laughs> things that prosecutors did a long time ago because they didn't like the chance that they might lose, there's this horrible instruction that confuses everybody. And it says, I mean, uh, our Beyond a Reasonable Doubt instruction is actually very, very long. And it it goes into all these weird ways of trying to describe what it is. And it includes like, logically conflicting information. So the part that's most troublesome, but you know, of course, prosecutors claim the moral high ground on this is this phrase that says you are not to search for doubt you are to search for the truth duh yeah of course you're supposed to search for the truth but but what that does in effect and there you know our friend michael sacini did a yep. study on this an actual yes. you know study on this and and did you know tried to do it as scientifically as possible where they had mock trials that were done and that some jurors got this instruction and others didn't and they convicted more often when they were told to search for the truth and and not to search for doubt, that's the problem. Because when you say, on the one hand in this instruction, it's the prosecution's burden, and this is right out of the instruction, to eliminate any reasonable doubt that may arise from the evidence, right? Right. They have to address any possibility that something another explanation consistent with innocence has been basically disproven. So they don't just have to... Say hey, it looks like this thing happened. So trust me, find him guilty. You know, it's it, you know, sure looks this way, right? Um, no, they have to go beyond that and actually cover other possibilities that are ra- fairly raised by the evidence. Then we get this confusing thing that says, okay, if the jury's obligation is to examine whether doubt exists based on the prosecutor's duty to overcome any any. Reasonable doubt. Why are we telling them not to search for doubt? What does that mean? I mean, they have.
1: That's that's what they're doing. Right. On the one hand, you tell them to think about doubt, but don't search for it. It's almost to me, you know. And I've been challenging this instruction for twenty-five years. That's why your forehead is flat. (laughs) Beating my (laughs) head against the wall. Yeah. Um, And uh, uh, so, if you read the instruction, which is, in my opinion, the most important instruction that a jury will hear. And the one most um, cited by the attorneys arguing the case. Uh, so it all looks really good for the defense. But that last line about searching for the truth is almost like saying, yeah, just kidding about the rest of that stuff. Yeah. like never It's mind. almost like, you <laughs> Wait, know folks, you know, this is easier to understand. What this
0: is really about is just look inside your hearts. <laughs> And if it's what, to find the truth what, in there, what, you know, what makes you warm and fuzzy? It encourages them to speculate. At first it tells them not to. Right. But then how, how are you? How exactly do you about searching for the truth without searching for doubt? I just don't get it. Well, anyway, it's time to take a break, John. So we're going to do that.
1: I'm glad because I love our sponsors.
0: All right. Me too. We love you sponsors. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Uh, Boy, that was a great uh, little sec- little series of advertisements and public service announcements. I'm, I'm very impressed.
1: Yeah, I, I want to start advertising for our firm. I want to do billboards, and um, it'll say, if like in little small letters on the top, it'll say, if the police want to talk to you, and then it'll be huge letters, like 10 feet tall, that's going to say, shut the, and then F, blank, like, like blank, blank, blank. Oh, up. that, yeah, that way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So I think I think that encapsulates the Fifth Amendment. Yeah, that's, that's it. In fact, that's what the Fifth Amendment should say. It should just say that. <laughs> so, you know. so maybe we we start a, uh, a, a that's new, how it's a start, new you know, movement.
0: That's how they start, proposeth a, an amendment <laughs> to set the
1: Constitution. Yes. yes, and Madison and Jefferson are like, well, wait a minute, no, <laughs> we can't be. No, we have to. <laughs> we have to make it sound a little nicer. Yeah. But, you know, but in
0: essence what we mean is, what we mean is don't fit well okay to be serious though it means we as citizens should not ever have to even suffer the opportunity for the government to compel us to be witnesses against ourselves that's the point because you know that that goes back to the days when they used to you know get confessions by torture and uh you know, like the Inquisition. You know, yeah, yeah. we'll 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 get you to confess that you're a heretic by
1: pulling your ears off. You know that that kind so, of thing. So this this <laughs> uh, actually um, brings something to mind. that's always been a bit of quandary for me. Is like I and I and I don't know how people reconcile this um, view of the police. So what I mean by that is uh, we're criminal defense lawyers, you and I. You know, mm-hmm. and we're of a, more of a liberal minded mind. Just Yeah. Right. You know and and you know and and there's not good or bad for either side as far as I'm concerned but you know we have a deep suspicion of the police we work with them every day we know that there's some really honorable ones we know there's some real shady ones and 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 on all of that conservatives right whether you're a conservative prosecutor or a politician or whatever just a conservative person you also espouse, a deep distrust of government, of authority, and yet and yet there is this there is this um uh I don't know I don't know like Vibe. Vibe. <laughs> well they 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 love the police. Yeah. And they you know, are the ultimate authority and they love you know law enforcement and the military and law and order and all of that. And um and yet um the very Conservative principles seem to point to they should be more in our camp in terms of distrust of the police, but then it sort of goes full circle because we watch the Capitol rioters, mm-hmm. the insurrectionists, right. screaming "f the police," right. screaming, you know, they yeah. host, they hate the government and I, they Kill, they killing a police, you officer know, too, and, yeah. and they actually killed one and two killed themselves and you know I mean and so um, I don't know. You know, maybe that was just the heat of the moment or something, but I think that is a common theme with a lot of like militia type groups, where it's weird that they hate the government but they still love the police. I, well, I, mean, I, I, I just, think I, I
0: have, I, a, I, I do have some the, input on this, I, and I'm equally um, confused. But I, let me just put it this way: we have to go back to, you know, what it truly means to be conservative versus liberal, putting aside. Social issues that have arisen in the context. I mean, the dictionary definition of a conservative is one who um, prefers to keep things the way they are and to not uh, have change. Okay. Now, the the term was originally used, and that and it doesn't mean someone that has you know a. We're not talking about whether you like people with blue hair or uh, you know dreadlocks or. Pot smokers—that's got nothing to do with anything. I mean, actual conservatism, mean you know, in its truest sense, actually has to do with people who are wealthy wish to protect their own wealth. That's what it is. That's exactly what a conservative mindset is. You know, at its essence. Okay, a liberal philosophy of government is one of uh, undefined optimism is how I would, I would word it, in the sense that um, liberals will believe that the government has a good function, a proper role in helping improve people's lives. So when I say undefined optimism, what I mean is the general concept that the government can do good things and okay. that we should trust the government to do good things. So you're absolutely right. I mean, the concept that we should trust the cops wholeheartedly because they represent the government is actually a liberal mentality, if you if you define it that way. Over the years, we've come to associate the words liberal and conservative with different things. Okay, now all of a sudden—not all of a sudden, but it's been the case for probably 20, 30 thirty years—where now we're thinking about conservatives as the the white men that wear ties, and you know are you know there tends to be. Whatever. You, everybody has their own mental image of what that is. We think about the liberals as being the Antifa people that haven't showered in a month, you know, that <laughs> <laughs> you know that, uh, wear, you know, uh, tie-dye clothing, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, maybe yes, maybe no, but, that, but the true meaning of the words liberal and conservative have nothing to do with that. Those are just associations that have cropped up over the years and affiliations. And... You know, I don't know how you can, where you really trace this back to, but at least in my own life, the way that I think about it is that, you know, um, Nixon, who was, by all estimations, unless you were, you know, one of those unfortunate people that voted for him, um, you know, kind of figured out that if he represents what the Republicans had become at that point, it was a very, um, Hardline view of things, you know. Uh, stamp out communism, stamp out drugs. Get with power, you know. Right. Get get rid of things through sheer effort, Right. you know. That yeah. was the Nixon philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, then we had uh, Reagan come along, and Reagan certainly didn't believe that. But it was uh, again this whole the rise of. Foreign powers, specifically the Soviet Union, China, Korea, etc., where the we all lived through that fear of the day the bomb's going to fall. There was an, an association then with Republicans being conservative on that level, you know. Again, but this is that's almost a social issue. That's not necessarily strictly conservative.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, I mean. It, it's just, for me, the conflict in thinking through these various concepts is is that um, um, I I hate being told what to do, but I love organizations that tell people what to do. Yeah, no, I mean, there's all kinds of hypocrisy on both sides, it, of course. It, yeah. it, it, it was, I would like to find, like, to me, criminal defense lawyers stand for... Um, uh, pushing back against um, the you know the police, uh, state authority, whether that's a judge, whether that's a district attorney, um, uh, whatever the case may be, and it seems to me that every conservative should be one hundred percent on board with this mission. Mm-hmm. I would think and, so. And they, if you're, tr- it seems to me, and I am actually a former conservative. I was like, and you're a recovered
0: conservative. I,
1: you know, I. And, and it seems to me that that would be a far more attractive place for a conservative to be mm-hmm. than in the role of a prosecutor.
0: Do you still attend conservatives' anonymous meetings? Or, <laughs> or I'm not allowed to ask you because it's
1: anonymous. I'm uh, on medications, but I like to talk about it. Okay. So, um, yeah.
0: So, yeah, <laughs> uh, um, yeah I, it is a puzzling thing, and, and you're absolutely right. You would think that to be the case. Um, well, y- you know... <laughs> again it's it's also has something to do with how and I don't know how or why this happened but this affiliation between the military and law enforcement I mean when the, 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 the for historically have been first of all we ha- we've we've had a military sort of forever and law enforcement is a is a modern concept in and of itself I mean when the Constitution was drafted and all the amendments were were, uh, you know, put into place, there weren't cops. I mean, they just didn't didn't exist, okay? So, but, uh, obviously, the potential for government agents, government actors, um, was there, because, of course, they had just endured, you know, quite a bit of governmental oppression. Um, So, in that context, uh, you know, we, we, in modern application, uh, it is puzzling that, you know, there is that sort of uh, we, the, uh, ultra support for um, both the military and quasi uh, law enforcement as they're combined together to represent, you know, strength. And I think that came from, you know, an evolution at some point. The, the, you know, stamp out the people you don't like. I guess. But um, I, and I gotta say, you know, um, some talk show hosts, one of which died recently, rest in peace, um, have. Kind of perpetuated what it means to be a liberal versus a conservative that I don't
1: well, think it it's, is. it's it's sort of a shell game, really. It is. In the, in the um, uh, AM radio and um, conservative newscasting world. Yeah.
0: And so Like our world, like the, like the show that we're doing right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, we got to take a break. Welcome back. Um,. Wow, another, another outstanding set of commercials. and announcements. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah, Fantastic. I mean, I think that's why our show is so highly rated. is because of the commercial. Like the Super Bowl, right? I mean, who, yeah. care, who cares about the game? Well, now that
1: right? Rush Limbaugh is gone, I think we could step in and fill that void. Yeah, I think so. I think um, he would want that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm 15 million fans. Sure. Yeah, let's go for <laughs> it. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but getting back to, let's get back to other questions.
0: Oh, I, I love this one. Because, well, uh, every once in a while my mother still calls me when she'll, she's watching something and she can't believe something's happening. And she wants to know if, if the things really work that way. The best thing of all, and it's, an, it's a common feature in so many shows. I think just because it's a plot mechanism. And, and many people are surprised to find out that criminal cases are not, you don't go from crime to verdict in an hour. You know, it just, it happens that way on TV a movie two hours but you know 58 minutes but, 50, you know, 58 right? Minutes, right? Yeah. so uh well if it's a network television it's actually more like 47 minutes because of well, the commercials okay, etc right. so um in order to move the plot along they just have to kind of compress reality obviously but that scene that's in every one of those shows when for some reason the da they're in a conference room the da is there the cop is there the defense lawyer is there, and the accused is also in the room. <laughs> it's a very which, convenient which, interrogation. Which, first yeah. of all, that that has happened zero times in, in the post-Miranda you know, uh, Miranda world, all right? Um, or I should say the post-Sixth Amendment world, right? <laughs> so that doesn't happen. Then uh-huh. what? even if you did happen to be all of you in the same room together, the big thing that really wouldn't happen is the lawyer wouldn't allow – the accused to start blabbering confessions uh you know in front of everybody and 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 you know say oh gosh Uh, boy did I just mess up no you don't even go into the room you know (laughs) but that happens all the time all the time like okay Naturally, it wraps things up rather quickly when you're getting towards the, the top of the hour and, you know, oh, something's going to happen in the show to resolve things. Oh, I know what we'll do. We'll just have the guy confess to everybody inside of the interrogation room with
1: his lawyer sitting next to him. Yeah. Yep, show done.
0: Okay, great. Move on. Next yeah. one.
1: Or even if, <laughs> even if the whole party isn't there, you know, they'll just be the cop and the, and the uh, suspect and they'll just be... Telling him about all the bad things that are going to go happen to him. No mention of a lawyer. The guy doesn't talk about a lawyer. <laughs> the guy you know, he's just like, um, okay, uh, and then he just spills it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, well, this is all very dramatic, but, um, uh, but not even close to what would be reality. Yeah, yeah. Hey,
0: I I saw I was going through discovery in a case a little just last week, and I. I caught something that I haven't seen in a long time, and I just wondered your opinion about this. I won't be very specific because it is a pending case right now. But, you know, in a non-custodial context, meaning Miranda does not apply. Uh, and, And what we mean by that is, remember, there's two things that have to exist in order for Miranda warnings to, the obligation for Miranda warnings to kick in. Number one, a person needs to be in custody or when a reasonable person would believe him or herself not free to leave in the context of uh, more than a mere temporary stop. How's that for confusing?
1: It's it <laughs> super confusing because and then, because a traffic stop you can't leave, right? And yet you're not in custody for Miranda purposes. Right.
0: And that's when the cops say, You're not under arrest, you know, and you're but you're not free to leave because I gotta hold on to you for just a second here. Yeah. The second thing that needs to exist, so even if someone's in custody, in handcuffs, sitting inside of an interrogation room. The questions being asked need to be of an interrogational nature. Correct. So they can't, they could not
1: read your Miranda rights and say, the, it's a the, nice the, day outside. The legal test is reasonably calculated to elicit an incriminating response.
0: Right. Which is why we get into a gray area when police say, do you know why you're here? Yeah. That's that's a right. classic one. You know what
1: well, you know, another thing is? Pedigree information. Mm-hmm. so, for example, I have a I have a case also pending, so I'll be a little vague. But you know, it was, took place in a house. There was a there was a fight. One guy died, and um, uh, you know, and so the client lived there. And uh, the the first questions before Miranda, out of the guy's mouth, uh, the cop's mouth is, um, so okay, so you live there alone. Seems like an innocent enough question, right? No, he was trying to eliminate other suspects. Mm-hmm. That was that was calculated to elicit an incriminating response. Yeah. And um, uh, he, he asked the address. Oh, then he asked, they found a cell phone in the house. He goes, by the way, was that your cell phone? Mm-hmm. That's an incriminating of course, question. Of course. And it, of course. And of course, the, the thing is, this was a very savvy cop, I'll give him this, is that the wind he was asking them he was super nice and just mm-hmm. likable. bully, just like, I'm just here. I'm your friend. Yeah. Uh, you want some more cigarettes? Do you want some more Mountain Dew? That's what they were doing. <laughs> you know, oh, the see. old Mountain Dew trick. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and and so, but in, unless you have the experience that we have yeah. about knowing you what is know incriminating, and in. what is not incriminating, but your
0: red light would not go on. You know. And so
1: that's how they get you to nice guy past the Miranda warning. Yeah. And that's why saying, I want a lawyer right up front, yep. you don't have to talk about your name and your family and all the pedigree stuff and all that nonsense. Right. Um, this is going down a bad road. Right.
0: The, um, getting back to the situation that I, I found, I haven't seen this in a while, but I'm, I'm deliberating as to whether or not there's anything I can do about it. Okay, so purely non-custodial situation. They're talking to a suspect, so no need to read Miranda. Now, there is a discussion about a lawyer. Now, John, you know that if, in order for the Sixth Amendment to kick in, where the police have to cease questioning, it has to be an unequivocal demand, almost.
1: (laughs) This is a very murky area of law, and... um, Unequivocal yeah. meaning.
0: I will not answer questions without my lawyer being present. And
1: yeah. and who talks
0: that way to a cop? By the way,
1: you know nobody. Nobody. This is a this is a ridiculous judicial construct. Right. So for example, just so everybody understands, um, do you think I need a lawyer? Um, uh, you know, maybe I should talk to a lawyer. I think maybe I should talk to somebody. Um, you know, uh, yeah, is, is there you, anybody I could talk to? None of those are asking yeah. for a lawyer. None yeah. of those would qualify right. as invoking. Right. Your Miranda rights. Yeah. Right. None of those. Yeah. And it,
0: even if you, it, like the word maybe is terrible because sometimes people just use that to mean they are invoking the rights when they say maybe I shouldn't talk to you without my lawyer. But the fact that they use maybe makes it so they can interpret right. it as an And igu- what will, what an will happen then
1: when you're in the room... The cop will hear that. He'll hear the word maybe, uh-huh. and he will just talk right past you. Right past and He will him. just be like, look, you know, or, you know, I want to make a call. Well, you can't really, you know, I want to make a call so I can consult with somebody. <laughs> this is a, the actual words from a case of mine. Yeah. I want to make a call so I can consult with somebody. Well, I can't really, he doesn't talk about the consulting party. He just talks about the. Yes, yeah, but you, you killed him, you right? Can't, yeah. You can't, <laughs> you can't. You, you killed him, didn't you? Yeah. Um,
0: well, this is what happened, and this is, I remember seeing this a long time ago, but. It converts from one issue into another and you'll see what I'm talking about. The accused says, um, I feel like I should probably talk to a lawyer before answering any more questions. Cop, that's unequivocal, okay? I mean, it is equivocal, right? So he's not saying I demand it, I want it, he's yeah. saying I feel like maybe I should, he's, he- he's yeah. hesitating. Cop jumps right in and says, you can do that
1: if you want. That's what a guilty person would do. Yeah. So um, <laughs> the, the most egregious uh, example of this was in front of the United States Supreme Court just a few years ago where um, a man who was in for a capital crime in some southern state, I don't recall, uh, said something, a Louisiana, uh, he said something like, um, uh, I want a lawyer dog. Like, I want a, like, like, he's like street slang. It's like, I want a lawyer dog. You know. Something and they were like, like well, well, does that
0: mean a lawyer or a lawyer dog? That's exactly, dog that's exactly uh. one of the
1: ridiculous comments <laughs> made by one of the United States Supreme Court associate justices who said something about, well, he was just asking for a lawyer dog. You know, like something, it was just the most, I mean, the ridiculous, like, um, uh, this, goes, this comes to show you that when you bring your worldview to interpreting what people are saying or what words are in statutes or in jury instructions... It, that's all the difference. Yeah, right. That's all the difference. Yeah. And so it's the lawyer dog <laughs> test. It's the lawyer dog test. <laughs> that's hilarious. So so I've yet to see what happens with this
0: case, but what I meant by that conversion, okay, first it's a, is this person invoking the Sixth Amendment right? Well, not only is the cop viewing it as no, but then turns it into a coercive mechanism. I mean, utilizing the fact that the guy's thinking or may, might want to... Invoke his rights, turning it on its head, and and flatly telling the person that if they do, it's a mistake because you will will assume you're guilty. You know, that's allowed. You know, but in terms of wh- how it compels and how it connects to other things that
1: happen after that, they don't even have to be that explicit. They just be like, "Look, you know, you want to help yourself." The DA is going to want to know if you cooperated. The judge is going to want to know if you cooperated. This is so, your only chance to have your side your of the chance. story.
0: Not true, by the way. So, <laughs> uh, you'll have plenty of chances, and that's why an attorney to speak on your behalf it cannot incriminate you because it's not you. So right? talk to your lawyer first. This yeah. is our <laughs> public message. service announcement. This is our PSA. <laughs> all right, that's all the time we have for John. It's been so been great, been great talking, and we will talk to all y'all next week. All y'all, <laughs> <Good night. laughs> that Louisiana thing. All y'all, dog. Uh, next week, right here on 1330 and 101.5. Have a great weekend, everybody. Great weekend.